Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Chapter 14 tonight. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's going to feel like I'm going to preach long because it already feels an hour later to you all. So please don't prejudge me. It's how you're feeling. Amen. Mark, the gospel, Mark chapter 14. I'm going to read just a couple of verses of scripture here this evening. The Bible says in verse number 10, starting, and Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve went into the chief priest to betray him, speaking of Jesus, unto them, unto the chief priest. And when they heard it, they were glad, promised to give him money. And he, that is Judas, sought how he might conveniently betray him. Amen. Tonight, just for a little while, I want to minister along this line, hidden betrayal hidden betrayal hallelujah father i thank you for the opportunity to be here this evening god for those that have gathered together lord in this place to lift up hands holy hands into the lord voices of praise god unto you lord in every facet of this service god this is just another means god right now the ministry of your word god when we speak your word it is prophecy god for much of your word is prophecy god and i pray oh lord tonight help us to god derive something from this that will be applicable for our individual lives pray oh lord let it be lord a voice god of warning let it be a voice god of lord jesus take an inventory god of who and where we are god i thank you and i praise you god for what you do and accomplish in this place in the lovely name of jesus christ that i pray amen and amen everybody say amen shake someone's hand next to you if it's been a while since you've seen them tell them how glad you are to see them in the house of the lord if you've never seen them before introduce yourself amen if you will tonight hallelujah the house of the lord amen hidden betrayal hidden betrayal Mark chapter 14 is quite a lengthy chapter. 72 verses are contained therein. And as you would read Mark 14, you would soon learn that Mark 14 is a constant ebb and flow of giving and taking. Verses 1 and 2 describe how the chief priest and the scribes desire to take the Lord and kill him. Verses 3 through 9 then tell us of a lady with her alabaster box, costly, precious ointment comes before the Lord in the setting of being before his disciples. And this woman gives her ointment of her alabaster box unto the Lord in a very precious way. Verses 10 and 11 then, my text tonight speaks of how an individual by the name of Judas, one of the 12, wants to take advantage, if you will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verses 12 through 17 then tell us how there were two disciples then that gave of their time and gave of their ability to make preparations in a room that's been designated for the Passover for the Lord to have a meal with them. And so they gave of their talent and their ability and their time to do this. Verses 18 through 21 
Jesus reveals that he knows someone wants to take advantage of him. He, he reveals that there is going to be some taking that's going to happen. Verses 22 through 31, Jesus gives his disciples some bread and he gives them of the cup emblems of his body and of his blood that he would eventually give to them literally. Uh, verses 32 through 40, his disciples, the Bible speaks of a time, they took time to sleep rather than giving themselves to watching and praying, which is what he asked of them. And while they are doing this, Jesus is giving himself to prayer and contemplating ultimately the gift that he would soon give upon Calvary's hill. Verses 41 through 46 then speaks of the time that, that one of the 12 Judas actually did take advantage of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, that the chief priest and the scribes came to that place of Gethsemane and took the Lord or arrested him. Verses 47 through 72 finish out speaking of another disciple by the name of Peter who we might say failed to give uh, his allegiance unto the Lord whenever he was being uh, trying to be convicted of being one of them. But the verses that I read to you tonight, of verses 10 and 11, the text that I took this evening is probably one of the low points of the Bible. Uh, the Bible is made up of high points and low points, and this is probably numbered among one of the low points of the Bible because on the heels of a woman seeking to praise the Lord comes a man whose name means praise, seeking to betray the Lord. Uh, some form for that matter of the word betray is used about seven times here throughout Mark chapter 14. Jesus told those who witnessed the woman's actions with her ointment and alabaster box in his presence, he, he told those, hey, this lady was preparing for my burial while the actions of Judas were preparing him for death. She came in to give while Judas came to take. As a matter of fact, after the alabaster box scene, Judas went to the chief priest, namely with one purpose in, in mind. He had one intent. Whenever he entered into the place where the, the priests were and where the scribes were, he basically let them know, let's just get to business. I'm here to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what it was about the woman and her alabaster box that provoked or set off this inside of Judas or what spawned his reaction in such a way. But it was after that moment of all the lavish of her praise and the costly ointment at the feet of Jesus that he decided in that same moment, leaving there, going straight to the priest, that I desire to betray the Lord. Amen. And the chief priests, they were glad to hear it. They were glad to hear it. They were glad to hear it. the zeal of Judas, his zeal for betrayal. They even promised him, if you do this thing, listen here, we got some money that's for you. We're promising you that we're going to give you payment. We're going to pay you for this deed. But they did not act right at that moment. They didn't go at that very moment in time and go and betray the Lord. The Bible says in Mark 14 and verse 1, after two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, 
lest there be an uproar of the people. In Luke, the Bible describes the same scenario that these priests sought how they might kill him, but for they feared the people. They were looking for an opportunity to arrest the Lord, not in a public format, but in a secret format for a way that they might be able to put him to, to death. And so they didn't act upon Judas's zeal the moment that he entered the room whenever he came to them because they had already thought this whole scenario through. They had already given careful consideration to when and how might be the best time to do this thing. It couldn't be done on the Feast of Passover because there's a lot of people during the Feast of Passover. There could be a grand ride or there might be some type of uproar of the people if you did this during Passover. It wouldn't be able to be done in public in front of the eyes of the majority of people. That would not be the time to do this. If it was done during a public event, you had the attention of the onlookers. He had the attention of others that may find a prize, the Lord being a, a prize-worthy individual, outstanding citizen that you would have to contend with. So this is not a public endeavor. It must be done in secret. It must be done in private. If I could say, this is something that must be hidden. And so Judas began to plan to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. The very moment he went to the priest, amen, they advised the best time to betray the Lord is to betray him not in public, but betray him in secret. They said in basically hidden betrayal is the best method of betrayal. And so from that moment on, Judas, the Bible says, sought how he might conveniently, everybody say conveniently, conveniently betray the Lord Jesus Christ. He was seeking for the right time. He was seeking for the right place. Amen. And Judas was a grand asset to the chief priest because most people knew they could find the Lord uh, in the temple. They knew that they could find the Lord along the Sea of Galilee. Most knew that you could find the Lord on any given day, sometimes out in the deserts and other times alongside the mountaintops, but only those who ate with the Lord. Only those who slept with the Lord, only those who had an intimate relationship with the Lord would know his private places, would know his secret places. Why? Because they are the ones that have shared those places with him and have been alongside him as he slept at night, been alongside him as he ate apart from the multitudes. They would know the very intimate, secret, private, hidden, if you will, places of the Lord. And so Judas just in the wings, he's waiting for the right time and he's waiting for the right place. He's waiting for a convenient opportunity to betray the Lord. Passover wasn't a good option. Amen. The time that the Lord spends in the temple, it was not a good option. No, if one is to betray the Lord, it must not be in a public place. It must not be in the eye view of all the people who adore him, worship him, praise him, and magnify him. No, one must not betray the Lord in the temple. No, Judas, that wouldn't be a good time for you to betray the Lord in the temple where everybody's looking where everybody's watching. No, Judas, what you need to do when you go in the temple, just go on about your temple activities when you're in the temple. Judas, whenever you're in the temple, go on about your temple activities and duties. Go on and function the way you always function whenever you go to the temple because that's not a good place 
to betray the Lord. Just, just go on and practice your normal functions. Whatever you normally do in the temple, do it. If you normally worship Judas when you go to the temple, worship. If you normally clap your hands, Judas, when you go to the temple, do that. Whatever it is you normally do in the temple, do it because you don't want to do betrayal in the temple. Amen. You don't want anybody to, to be suspicious that you're, de, you're betraying the Lord in a public temple, a public place where worship and praise and adoration is taking place. That's not a good place to betray the Lord. For that matter, Judas, it's not a good place to betray the Lord. Don't betray the Lord at the table. Don't betray the Lord at the table. I mean, go on and eat with the Lord. Judas, go on and eat with the Lord. Have conversation with the Lord at the table. Go on and eat what everybody else is eating at the table. Eat whatever's been prepared at the table. Just like You don't want to raise suspicion that you might be one betraying him at the So when you're in the temple, do as you should do when you're in the temple. And when you're at the table, do as you should do when you're at the table. Eat, drink, be merry. Amen. Worship, praise in the temple. Because these are not convenient times or convenient places to betray the Lord. But Judas, if you want to betray the Lord, you're going to have to do it in a secret place. If you're going to betray the Lord, you're going to have to do it outside of the eye view of the crowds and those that adore him and those that worship him. Amen. Because betrayal won't start in the temple. Betrayal won't start around the table. It'll happen in an olive grove called the Garden of Gethsemane. Someone say amen. The Bible says in John 18 and 2, and Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, speaking of the garden of Gethsemane. For Jesus, oft times, resorted hither with his disciples. Jesus oftentimes took those 12 ragtag group boys to the garden of Gethsemane. It was there that he had even taken them prior to his arrest, and he had left them as he went a stone's cast distance a little further there, saying, boys, watch here. And pray here as he was over just a distance further sweating the Bible says as it were great drops of blood at the olive grove where olives were usually pressed till oil came forth from them. He was being pressed in his natural body. Great drops of blood as it were flowing from him with what he was contending with. His death that was just around the corner and on the journey just ahead of him. Amen. They may have came to this private place of Gethsemane many times because oftentimes he went there with Peter and James and John and might I even add Judas. Judas was not unfamiliar with Gethsemane. He knew the place, the Bible says, because the Lord oftentimes went there. And I have no doubt that the Lord did what he was doing in that moment now that he did in the past. Whenever they went to Gethsemane, I believe it's a place where they prayed. Where they went to Gethsemane, it was a place where they called upon the name of the Lord. When he asked them to watch and pray, that's nothing less than what he had asked them the myriad of times that they had went to Gethsemane before. It was outside, away from the clouds. 
presence. It wasn't in the temple. It wasn't at the table. They had secluded themselves to a place of prayer and supplication and to the great God Almighty. And so the most convenient place to betray the Lord is in secret. The most convenient place to betray the Lord is at the hidden place of prayer. Can someone say amen? Because at the prayer room of Gethsemane, the numbers are less. At the prayer room of Gethsemane, amen, the number gets lessened. There's not the multitudes that you feed with the loaves and the fishes. At Gethsemane, there's just the ragtag 12. And at times, it gets to where it's just you and God in your prayer room. Don't do it in the public. You don't want to raise suspicion. You might betray the Lord in the temple or at the table. Do it in your time of prayer. Amen. We'll grant a little understanding. Perhaps this is all said and done. Because betrayal, listen to pastor tonight. Betrayal is less noticeable if it's done in private. Matthew doesn't know Judas is betrayed. You know what I'm saying? Betrayal is less noticeable. All the other multitude doesn't realize the betrayal if it's done in private. And so you can conveniently betray him at the place of Gethsemane. You can conveniently betray him at the place of prayer. John 6, 64 says this, but there are some of you that believe not, Jesus said. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Jesus wasn't ignorant of his betrayal. He wasn't taken off guard. He wasn't taken by surprise. He knew something was coming. Amen. At the table, the Bible even says that he told them, one of you, amen, which eateth with me shall betray me. He wasn't surprised about what was going to happen. No one, though, at the table, the other disciples, none of the others picked up on the fact that it was Judas who was going to betray him. But Judas knew it was he. At the table, as the food is flowing, at the temple when the worship was going, Judas knew he was going to be one to betray him. But I'm not doing it in the temple, and I'm not doing it at the table. I'll do it in the prayer room. Somebody hear me right now. If I can convey a message to us tonight, the place where we can be most susceptible to betray the Lord is not in the public place of the temple, his church, where we come and worship and praise and glorify. It's not during the preaching of the word as the bread is being put forth at the table, but where you will betray him will be in the secrecy hidden part of your prayer room, your own personal closet, because it's less noticeable to betray the Lord in that secret place than any other place. Someone say amen. Nobody else picked up on the fact. He told, he told Judas at there at the table, he said, whatever you do, do quickly. If I can read it. Amen. I got a lot of scripture. John 13, verse 27. Amen. The harmony of the gospels. And after the sop, Satan entered into him, Judas. Then said Jesus into him, what thou doest, do quickly. Look at verse 28. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag, because he's the treasurer, 
that Jesus had said to him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. In other words, as it's going on the ground and Jesus is warning, I know we're at the table. I know there's nothing happening right now at the table, but I know something's going to happen. And I know where it's going to happen. I'm just letting you know that I'm on to you. Nobody else here may know, but I'm on to you. They didn't even realize what he was talking about. They thought, well, that's just because Judas has the title of the treasurer that he's going to leave and do what he's doing. Can I say this tonight? We may hide behind titles and offices, and we may save face in the public arenas because of titles and offices, but God even knows in spite of our titles and our offices where there are and when the time of betrayals will come for us toward him. I'll still come to the temple and I'll clap. Why? Because there's too many onlookers for me not to. Love you, Lord. I tell you what, brother, so-and-so, he's still God and he's still on fire. You won't betray the Lord there. Preaching, going forth, you'll just sit down here by brother Pat. Preacher, preacher, that's right. Woo! Glory! You won't betray the Lord there. But whenever this congregation isn't around, when your brother and your sister ain't around, when it's that time that you usually go to the prayer closet, but you avoid the prayer closet, what are you doing? You're nothing more but a Judas that's betraying the Lord at the Garden of Gethsemane where it's least noticeable. Nobody's aware, but God is aware. Someone say amen. And to save face, look at Judas. To save face, he asked the question, that all the rest of the 12 asked. Whenever the Lord said, why is you going to betray me? And the disciples start asking, is it I, Lord? Am I going to do it? Am I going to betray you? Judas, to save face, he harmonizes with the rest. Don't want to look out of place. Don't want to cause any suspicion. Lord, is it I? Judas is the one is that whenever they preach on prayer, they rally with everybody else. So they hate to raise any suspicion that I might be betraying the Lord at Gethsemane. Is, is it I, Lord? Amen. Am I going to be the one to betray you? Is it I? Jesus didn't only know that someone would betray him, but he knew where the betrayal would take place because after he told the disciples just go on and be asleep he stood there at Gethsemane in his prayer room and he told his disciples go on and sleep because my betrayer is coming he didn't say that from the temple he didn't say it from the table he said it from the prayer room Jesus even told them where they come. He said, why didn't you, why didn't you all arrest me every day that I was in the temple? Why do you arrest me all the times I was in the temple daily teaching you? He knew why. For number one, it bore prophecy that it would happen in the garden of Gethsemane. But number two is it was common sense that told them, amen, to avoid the attention of the crowds, you got to have betrayal in a private, secret place. It's too evident anywhere else. And so his name... Judas, that means praise. See, he would contradict his own name. He'd contradict his own name if he didn't praise in the temple. That would be against the character of who he was supposed to be. A 
if a name stood for the person. That would go against who he is supposed to be. That would misrepresent himself in the eyes of everyone if he chose to do this in public. Amen. He'd seem to be acting outside of the character of what his name represented. And so Judas says, I'll eat with the Lord, but I won't pray with the Lord. I'll praise and worship in the temple, but I won't bend knee at Gethsemane. Now, what, what way did Judas betray the Lord at Gethsemane? Did he betray him because he showed up late? No. He betrayed him in private, that intimate place of Gethsemane that he oftentimes resorted with his disciples by approaching him and addressing him as master yet not really allowing him to be his Lord. Master, it was all just a facade that he had. He embraced him, the Bible says, as a friend. He kissed him. Christ even called him friend. Judas betrayed the Lord when by all appearances he was kissing heaven but wasn't allowed heaven to kiss him. He betrayed whenever he went to Gethsemane and all he did is went through the mechanics of Gethsemane without having the serenity of Gethsemane. And perhaps this is what ignited all these events for Judas. Because whenever he seen that woman with the alabaster box of ointment pouring that upon the Lord, perhaps something became embittered in his heart that she was willing to do something in public that he wasn't willing to do in private. And the Bible declares it as this. And Judas Iscariot, one of, the verse 10 says, one of the 12. As a matter of fact, seven out of the eight times in Scripture that the Bible uses one of the 12, seven out of the eight times it relates to Judas Iscariot, one of the 12. It relates to this individual who lived below his character, the character of his name. The Judas, that means praise, but he, he was operating in a different measure in a different way. Scripture never mentions him in the list of the 12 as Judas Iscariot, the one who praised the Lord. It always lists him as Judas, the one who betrayed the Lord. Or in other places, as the one who was a traitor to the Lord. Luke 6, 13 says, And when it was day, he called unto him, Jesus did his disciples, and of them he chose 12, whom also he named apostles. The Bible is very, very purposefully trying for us to make a connection between this betrayer as being one of the twelve. This traitor as being one of the twelve. The one that was esteemed as the low down good for nothing as being as one of the twelve. Amen. He was chosen as one of the twelve disciples. He was named as one of the twelve apostles. His name was mentioned among others like Matthew and Peter and James and John. And out of the twelve we already understand he was designated as the treasurer of the group. 
What someone say one of the twelve. And it's sobering to understand that when you consider the actions of Judas, one of the twelve, and the betrayer. Because the Bible says in Acts 1, whenever Peter is looking for somebody to replace the office of Judas, the Bible tells us, and I looked in the Living Bible, some of the things that it said, but speaking of Judas, you can find in Acts 1, as Peter is trying to find replacement, he said it in so many words like this in paraphrase. He said, Judas was one of us, Peter said. Peter said, Judas was one of us. He was chosen to be an apostle, just like we were chosen to be one of the apostles. But now his work must be given to another. Now we must choose somebody else to take Judas's place. But he was just like one of us. Can you imagine the somber reality whenever Peter 1 but 12 had to say, hey, Judas was like one of us. He was destined for the same purpose. He was destined for the same plan. But now we got to find someone to take his place and do his work. I'm trying to draw a big circle tonight that encompasses every one of us. Judas was one of the 12. And the place he betrayed the Lord was the secret place. The place he betrayed the Lord was the Gethsemane, the prayer room. That's where the betrayed. He was one of them. He was purposed and planned for more than that. But he succumbed. been ultimately unrealistic for the Lord to invest in the multitudes of the people. Common leadership rule and principle, you don't do that. What you do, you pull a group aside. You invest in them. You put your goals, your objectives, your purposes, your vision in them. And then they help influence the masses. Amen. It's counterproductive to go otherwise. And so among the masses, he chose 12. And Judas was one of them. He invested in him. Put his goals, his objectives, his vision, his purpose in him. Judas was mong- numbered among them, yet he fell prey to hidden betrayal that oft times happened nowhere else, not in the temple, not at the table, but in our prayer rooms. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 12, wherefore let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. Are you one of them? That's quite an inner core. To be a part of the Lord. That's the reason why I say the circle is all encompassing tonight. Including me standing on this platform. Show both the temple. Show both the table. But when you're at the place where there's no one else to look. What will you do? When nobody's there to ask how things went at Gethsemane. What will you do? When there isn't a chart. Sister Penrod that says when you're absent or, you know, we have absent. We count when you're absent or present from church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. But when you don't have such a chart in your prayer room, what will you do? Because hidden betrayal is the most convenient. Betrayal. Betraying him in the prayer room. In the Bible, we understand. We understand they had all their, they had all their, man, they had all their just pitfalls. The Bible says that all the disciples deserted him. We know that Peter, that he denied him, but Judas betrayed the Lord. The Bible says this. Here is, 
Here is one of the maladies. Listen to me. I don't know if I'm getting I hope everything that's jarbled in my mind and head is making sense out here. But here is one of the maladies of betrayal. Mark 26, 2. He says, you know that after two days is the feast of Passover. This is just another harmony of the Gospels of Mark 14. And the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Listen to me. Sadly, here is a process, folks. Betrayal precedes crucifixion. Betrayal precedes crucifixion. Christ is first betrayed. Then he'll be crucified. Hidden betrayal. He'll first be betrayed. And then he'll be crucified. That's the malady. Then of hidden, secret, private betrayal that happens in the prayer room at Gethsemane. Because if we find ourselves betraying him today. We may crucify him in our life tomorrow. I'll come to a close. Stand with me. In Mark 14 and verse 21. Sitting at that table. Jesus said the son of man indeed goeth as it is written of him. He says, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. In other words, Jesus is pitying the misery that his betrayer would suffer. Let me read one more verse and I'll bring us to a close. I know everybody's trying to get adjusted to new time. Matthew 27, 5. Speaking of Judas, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Just real simple. But hidden betrayal will bring about secluded, private, secret, hidden death. Scripture does not tell us that anybody was around in the crowd whenever Judas took his own life by hanging. What it would be assumed to be a picture of suicide, it was secret. It was hidden. Hidden betrayal. Hidden betrayal is a recipe, if I can say in so many words, is a recipe for spiritual suicide. Hidden betrayal at the Gethsemane prayer room is a recipe for spiritual suicide. Touch the mechanics of the temple. Touch the mechanics of the table. But if you cheat, if you cheat in the hidden area of Gethsemane, it's soon going to bear all through your personal spiritual death. And so here's what I want you to leave here thinking about tonight. Prayer is important. And this is what I want you to believe about prayer. That prayer is as important as the scripture portrays it to be. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to safeguard the place that is most convenient for you to betray the Lord. And that's your prayer room.
Not the temple. Not the table. Not in public. But how you operate in private. As the only, as the only person that's ever referenced or denoted as the one who betrayed the Lord, Judas. It's the only one that has that attached to him. And so I think it's, it behooves us to see where it happened because he was one of the 12. And I'm no greater than he is. What I understand, there's some chief priests and scribes already desiring how can we betray him? I hear the voices day to day in my own life. You know what they attack? They want to try to get me to betray him in my prayer room. Because I'm going to be here because I'm the pastor, you know. i got to be here Sunday morning, certain night, Wednesday night. Although one of these days that we uh, miss church because of bad weather, I wanted to send out a text to some people and just say, hey, I'm not going to be at church tonight. <laughs> I really wanted to. I didn't. I was a good boy. But I still just said it just now, didn't I? But I want to send out a text. Hey, I'm not going to be there tonight. <laughs> Maybe next time whenever we have inclement weather, I won't send out a blast. I'll just send out a text. Says, hey, I won't be there tonight. And just see what happens. But I got to be here. You know, this same morning. So this is what I'm, you know, I got to be here. I got to be at the table because I'm a servant serving up the food here. But you know, even where one of the 12 can be sniffed. At Gethsemane, the olive press, that private place. He'll work on us. He has worked on us. He'll continue to work on us. That if we'll ever betray the Lord anywhere, betray them there. Oh, brother Mikey, we've heard it a thousand times. Well, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. We've heard it a thousand. That's fine. Because you lose it there. Spiritual death. You lose it there, you'll be willing to crucify your, mom, your God tomorrow and take your own spiritual life the next day. Hallelujah. Hidden betrayal. Hallelujah. Can we bow our heads all across this place tonight? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I would ask that we would... Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.